Hello there, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of Thanks, Morris. I am Marie, the SLP. For those of you that don't know what SLP stands for, I am a speech-language pathologist, and I'm here bringing you all things speech pathology, gratitude, mental health, good vibes, real vibes, all of the fun things. And today on the episode, I'm actually straying a little bit from the plan. The plan was to release an episode that is all about, well, everything I just said, essentially, in a nutshell, with a very good friend of mine. But something happened last week in one of my speech sessions that, for me, feels a little bit more pressing. Um, Two things happened in the speech sessions, and I want to talk about them because they're important. And for all you speech therapists, and even if you're not a speech therapist, but you have, you know, uh, times in your day, whether it's part of your job or just daily life, that you're talking to other humans. And and uh, I think this is going to be very important. It's very relevant. And it's there's some good reminders here. So let me give you the scenario. And then I'm going to talk about, well, there's, again, two different things, two different lessons here. One that's very speech pathology heavy. We're going to talk about following the child's lead. Another I want to talk about is the idea of counseling as a speech pathologist, but also just as a human. Okay, uh, let's see. Where do we start? Let's start with the idea of counseling because this is huge. And I think it's huge to me, well, in one respect, because I don't feel that I got the best, nothing against my professors at my university when I graduated or from, you know, where I graduated from, Um, you know, no... I loved my grad program. I loved what they taught us. I just don't think there was a big enough emphasis on the counseling piece. And when I say the counseling piece, I'm talking about working with humans that have emotions, that have daily, you know, um, daily lives that are different than my own, different perspectives that have different, different, that have different challenges, different struggles, that have things happen, that have grief, that have excitement, just all those things. And um, I just, you know, sometimes I don't feel as prepared for those kinds of situations when families bring things to me that are heavy. I, I feel like stuck, like I'm like, oh, what do I say? Where's my script, right? And I don't say that to be, um, you know, in any, by any means to belittle the situations. I actually say that because it's hard. It's, I take big pauses sometimes when families bring me situations that I'm unprepared to to deal with. So in this specific situation, I had a family member, the family member that sits with my student during all her speech sessions. And I can't, let's just start really quick with a huge gratitude to all of the parents that we work with that are sitting with their little ones or making arrangements so their little ones have you know, people to facilitate. I, all of my students have somebody helping them. Whether you know, a parent might be a full time, you know, a full time have a full time job, and they have a, another family member helping, or sisters, or brothers, or cousins, anybody. I'm just so grateful to everybody that has helped my little ones. So I I have to start there because this family member in particular has just been the kindest soul to me been so flexible with me, you know, as a speech pathologist. I know I try not to change my schedule, but sometimes I've had changes for this student. We've worked together to make sure this student is seen at the best times and whatever. But this family member has been just such a light for me, such, um, you know, I look forward to, I usually look forward to working with all the parents and, and this is not, you know, the same thing. I look forward to seeing 
the team, right? Our team, our, you know, my student family member plus me and and maybe some siblings thrown in the mix. I love it. I'm all about it. And so this family member has just worked so hard to to make sure that, you know, my student and siblings are all getting at and accessing their their services, they're accessing their education via the virtual platform that we have in our district. And it's not lost upon me how hard these families are working. And this student of mine, so this kind of goes with both parts of my story here. This student is um, newer and building rapport with her is like with any student, um, it takes time. And via a virtual platform, it's, it's pretty challenging sometimes, right? Especially with students that, you know, don't always understand what exactly is happening when paying attention to the computer, you know, for the first time in their life when they're asked to interact back with it. Um, And I think that that's, you know, it's something that I've learned that, oh, yeah, this is like a first time thing, you know, asking them to attend to a speech session and engage is, it's so different and foreign even for them. And maybe not always, but it can be, right? And so, um, I have this newer student and, you know, she was having a hard time, I guess, a more challenging time, just acclimating to that virtual nature. Very sweet, very energetic little one. And I could tell, you know, we're going to get some great things. We've got some great things to to do and share with each other, but it's just going to take some time. Um, and one day I, you know, received an email that a family member was sick and that my student would be um, missing speech. And so we, you know, it was okay. And and we canceled. And um, the following week when we were back and my student was back, the family member informed me that 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 ill family member had passed away. And it was a pretty close family member. And so um, now here's what happened. I guess I should back up in the conversation. I, as the you know, I care about my kids and I care about their families. And so when I know that there was an ill family member, I want to check in and say, hey, is everything, you know, how are they doing? Um, you know, is there anything else you need? Any, you know, any supports, anything I can offer? And in that moment, you know, I, I was told, oh, well, you know, they passed away. And I was shocked because it, it just broke my heart. It, it was sad. It was sad to, you know, be the person, I guess, on not to be the person on the receiving end. That's not what I'm trying to say. It was hard. Again, I I was in one of those places where I'm like, oh my gosh, like, what do I say? And you start, I think, as somebody who is empathetic to that and wants to be right there, you know, and hug another human because, oh my gosh, how hard. I start cycling through all of my overthinking thoughts, right? And I'm like, did I, should I not have brought that up? Was that wrong? Am I, was that horrible, like disrespectful, inappropriate? Am I, um, you know, I'm, I don't feel equipped now to, I don't know what I'm supposed to say. And again, it's like, where's my script, right? And I think as a district employee, I tend to maybe overthink because I know like sometimes there, you feel like, not necessarily that there is a script, but sometimes you feel like, okay, I don't really always know what I can say. Cause you know, sometimes with certain questions, you know, that are district related, we might always have to refer to, oh, well, here's, you know, so-and-so at the district office that can answer that question better. So anyways, that was where my brain started going. Like, do I, do I tell somebody like, what do I do? You know, I just feel so, I just feel, I feel for this family right now because what, how it came up, you know, in the conversation was 
family member was telling me that they needed to probably find another speech time. Things weren't working. It was a little chaotic and my student didn't seem to be responding well to that specific time. So I did, you know, we were work, working through it and everything. And I said, I know you've had a lot going on, by the way. And how is so-and-so? And that's how it came up. And so, you know, I I could just read this um, this person's face and I just... I felt the need to offer support uh, first and foremost because that's as a human, on a human level, that's what I'm there for. I can't, obviously, like I said, I'm not there. I can't give you a hug. That's what I want to do first, right? Um, so, you know, I just, I took a step back and I went to my very basic like human communication style things and I just was like are you okay like how are you are you okay do you need a break like I kind of did you know I that's I don't I didn't use those words verbatim but that's kind of what I was asking the family member and he responded and said you know maybe we could take this week off and I was like yes you can (laughs) And so it made me think, you know, and I've talked about this with different people on the podcast. I know Speech with Rach. I call her Speech with Rach. But I know Rach and I have talked about it before for you guys on Instagram and different things. But when we are, as clinicians, whether you're working with adults or with little ones, we are there to support them in their communication. And we're there to support their families as well. And... If the families need something that's going to provide, you know, a, the best environment for our little ones, I'm, I'm saying little ones because I work with little ones, for our little ones to communicate in and to thrive in, then we need to honor that. And if taking a week off of speech is what they need to be a family and unite and be together and just, you know, go through the grieving of something then that's what they need. And in that moment, that's what I saw. And that's what I, you know, made kind of an executive decision on, right? And I think as I say this out loud, it sounds so to me, it's like, yeah, common sense. But in that moment, I really honestly didn't know what I should say and do. I did what came, you know, naturally to me. I followed my instincts. And that's kind of the lesson here. Follow your human instincts. Follow those compassionate instincts, especially in, you know, and again, this could go with if you go to Starbucks and someone's having a rough day, like, you know, or I mean, or if you work at Starbucks and a and a, a customer is irate and upset, not that this family member I worked with, oh my gosh, sweetest ever. I honestly, like, that's part of why I questioned why if I should have even asked anything because I was like, I wouldn't have known, like, that you were, you know, sad right now. Um, But I think sometimes when we are, when we get ourselves back to that human level, when we ask those questions, how is so-and-so, you know, we open things up and we build those deeper connections that allow for other people to come to us when they need a break, when they need to feel safe. And, you know, it it just kind of goes to show like this family member maybe didn't understand that he could ask for that. I don't know. He could have, he could not have, but I think having another person, having someone who, um, you know, as a service provider maybe, or a teacher for this little one to kind of validate that. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. You can take your break, you know, 
it's better for them, which in turn is going to build, you know, a better connection later when we're working together and we're teaching skills and all those things because it gives that foundation of that safety, that trust. It's just important. It's important to go back to those human levels instead of me saying, oh my gosh, well, we're going to miss sessions, you know, instead of having that maybe um, productivity data-driven cap on, which I honestly don't have anymore. <laughs> I think being a preschool SLP is a knock that one out of me. Um, it's just very important that that we are, you know, just just focusing on those trusting relationships. I think that's where I'm going with this. So when I think about my counseling, you know, course in um, in college and in, in grad school, I I just you know. I think there were there were aspects of it which were helpful. All of it was helpful, but it's really what it comes down to is on a human level, how are we going to talk to another human? How are we going to build a trusting environment with another family or human? Um, how are we going to, here's a good one, how are we going to pour good energy into another person's day. One of my favorite, I think I've said this on the podcast before and I say it again, Tabitha Brown, if you don't follow her on Instagram or TikTok or anywhere, go follow her. She always says, have the most amazing day, but if you can't have a good one, don't go messing it up for anybody else because, I mean, think about it on a human level. Somebody's having a rough day, but just pour good energy, you know, or or just don't, just, you know, maybe tunnel vision yourself if you have to. I don't know. But what I'm trying to say is like, you know, if you're seeking to put good energy into another interaction with somebody, that's that's the best thing you can do. Um, and so this situation just reminded me of that, I guess. It just reminded me that as a clinician, as a teacher who has now had the amazing privilege. I don't even say benefit. I say privilege because I do feel so privileged that I've gotten to work with families now for, um, you know, however many months I've been in school, six months. Um, I've learned that, you know, I always knew it, always had it in the back of my head, but I've really seen what those trusting connections with the families, how important they are, how invaluable they are for my students' success because they're communicating with their families most of the day. And when the families are given that grace that human humans need, we all need grace, even if we're not saying it, right? Even if we have to, you know, get permission from someone else to give ourselves grace, to give ourselves a break. Um, it's building more, you know, um, I, I want to say, I guess like a more flourishing environment. Does that make sense? I don't know. It's just, it's doing a lot of good. So that's your reminder. That's lesson number one. Lesson number two, I'm going to make this short, quick, sweet, to the point, all those things, because I'm trying to keep this under 20 minutes. Oh. But with this same student, I was honestly worried at first. Yep, I'm going to say I'm wor- I was worried because I was, I was anxious. I was stressed that we were going to have a hard time. And I've had this happen with a couple students. And so the lesson here, I'll give it to you first. You can build meaningful relationships with clients that you've never met in person before. And you probably already know this. But you can build meaningful relationships via a virtual platform. And when I say this, I mean I'm talking like three-year-old preschoolers who have never met me, who have never been in preschool. 
who maybe have never even had any kind of a structure. Like sometimes we get kids, you know, where they've done therapy and stuff before they've gone, they've had speech services, early intervention. And, but I've had kids, a handful of kids this year that have not had anything. They've never, you know, um, not that they've never sat for an activity or a guided activity, but not for a complete stranger like me and especially over Zoom and a computer. And so I was very nervous at the beginning of the year about like, I'm not going to be able to build these meaningful connections as well. You know, it's going to be hard. And it's, yeah, it's been more challenging, but the connections are there. And with this specific student, so, you know, again, there's there was trauma in the family. And um, that's hard, especially for a little one who's having a difficult time with, you know, getting acclimated to this, you know, school, I guess, for, you know, that's what we are, right? We're school online school. Um, and I took a step back, um, with this little one, you know, not too long after she came back from being gone with her family and stuff and, and working through those things. And I realized like two weeks into working with her because we weren't getting too much done because she didn't really want to do anything I want to do. And I was trying to follow her lead, but by follow her lead, I meant I would have a background up. And if she didn't like it, I might put another one up and kind of try to see what stuck. But I realized um, quickly that she didn't want to sit and watch me. That was not fun for her. And I don't blame her necessarily because you don't know that I'm going to just turn on the Blue's Clues animation that I can do when you all you see are bubbles in the background. Like I started, but, but um, I realized after a little bit that I needed to really truly go back to my basics and be like, no, 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 no. I'm going to follow her lead like as if I was in that house, right? So this is kind of my tip in all of this um, because I was able to build a meaningful relationship with her in like one and a half sessions I probably would give it because now I feel like we just have this fun connection. We're playful. She thinks I'm hilarious, which I any kid that thinks I'm hilarious, you're my best friend. And uh, the way that that happened, and sometimes this is what you do, you 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 apologize to the family members and say, hey, I'm gonna make your life crazy for 10 minutes. And you, t- you do like a scavenger hunt. Go find me your favorite toy. Okay, go find me your favorite um, color, something that's your favorite color. Okay, go find me. So what you're doing is you're letting them just go get stuff. They don't have to sit in front of the computer. So I think that's where I really had some success with her was like kind of showing her, you don't have to sit here. And then what did she start doing? She started bringing back all her crafts from sitting in virtual school. She started showing them to me with such pride because I was just telling her, you go find me things. And what I was doing was just that. I was literally like, it's like I threw a bunch of things up in the air to see what stuck. That's all I was doing. And I think her family member was like, what are you doing to my life? Because all the siblings and everybody were just like doing this crazy scavenger hunt that didn't have any end around the house and screaming. It was the cutest thing ever. Poor guy, poor family member. I was like, I'm sorry, but it was fun. But what I realized when she was bringing me her crafts was she, I said, did she do all those? And he was like, yeah, she did them. And I made the connection. She likes, she likes to sit and do her crafts. She likes a finished product. She likes to use her hands. She probably likes the way things feel on her hands, right? And so I was like, oh, there we go. We need to use our hands. We cannot. If we're going to sit and watch a screen, then we're going to be using our hands and talking about what's in our hands. And so 
we grabbed Play-Doh, and now I can successfully say for the last three weeks, I have made 42 cookies, three cakes, I've gotten sung happy birthday too, I've blown out some candles, and we've today made some pies, taco and hamburger, tacos and hamburgers. Um, but all that, you know, all I'm trying to say is, Oh, and this is all out of Play-Doh, by the way, because, you know, we're using our hands, so we're going to we're gonna use some Play-Doh, so pretend play. But in doing that, in following her lead, I saw so many skills as far as, like, pretend play, um, you know, different sequences and, and uh, holding out for my interaction and all kinds of different things. And I've just seen so much because I took a step back. Did I beat myself up for not doing that, for not following my instincts in the very beginning? No, because honestly, I fall short. I know I should have done this now. I look back, I'm like, why didn't I just do this from the beginning? Because I'm in a routine with these backgrounds and (laughs) nothing against the backgrounds, but I'm in such a routine that um, even I forget that I need to break that routine. So... That is my that is my lesson is you can build meaningful connections just take take as many steps back as you need. Make sure you're providing trusting relation uh like foundations of trust to build those relationships not just with your students or your clients but with their families. I think for me I'll give you my little takeaway here. Going back, we're starting to go back to see most of our students in person now. So I only have a handful of families I'm still working with where I'll get to interact with the parents every week. Now, you know, I'm going back to that school-based um, lifestyle where, you know, you don't see them as much. You don't talk to them. Maybe you'll see them at drop-off and pick-up. Maybe I'll see them in I well, I will see them at IEP meetings, but, you know, I don't, as an SLP, I don't see them as much as the teachers will because there's, they're, they're at drop-off and pick-up and such. And um, I will take away that, that uh, communication with the parents is – it can happen more than once or twice a year, essentially. Not that not that I did that, but you know what I mean, like with the IEPs and stuff. As a school-based SLP, I think I will miss that communication with them. Um, and, you know, I've been trying to let every parent know when we go back, you know, I'm an email or a phone call away. You know, if you have questions, I mean, maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm uh, already doing myself a disservice, right? Like just offering, but no, I'm all, I've always been an email and a phone call away. And I want them to, to utilize that. And, you know, I want to check in with them more. I think that's something I want to make a goal for myself to do, you know, not just for progress reporting season every, you know, three times a year or whatever, but just like maybe on a monthly basis, at the very least, a a parent check-in, a phone call, or just an email, I think I would love to implement in my, in my um, speech, my speech routine. So there you go, friends. All right. So Next week, for sure, for sure, Elaine is coming, but I just felt this was on my heart today. I really wanted you guys to hear this because I feel like I've had a lot of conversations now with you guys, a lot of you, you guys, but um, that this really has resonated with that goes into thinking about your why it goes into mental health because we've, you know, we focus on our mental health. We focus on our kids' mental health and doing mindfulness activities, but we got to focus on those families too, friends. And I, you know, I know I don't do it enough, but this has definitely made me think about it and start talking to families, just kind of just those check-ins, right? How are you? You know, how was your weekend? Um, Those kinds of things. So don't be afraid to ask questions. And if you get stumped, if you feel like, oh my gosh, like, should I have asked this or whatnot? Be a human, be a kind human. 
just follow your kind human instincts, your altruistic instincts, and do, do the kind human thing, all right? All right, friends. Hey, I have a question and a favor. Please, if you wouldn't mind right now when you stop listening, rate, review, um, tell a friend to subscribe if, if you like what I'm putting out there. I'd really appreciate it. I'm trying to get better with this podcast marketing. I'm working on it. I'm a work in progress, aren't we all? Uh, go ahead and find me on Thanks Morris at at Thanks Morris on Instagram. And um, I'm getting ready for a weekend in San Diego. So look out for some pictures on there. All right, friends. Love you all. Sending kisses and hugs. Have a good day. Mm-hmm.